Welcome to another episode of Build on Seeking Wisdom. This is Maggie, and today I'm so lucky and excited to have Sandhya Hegdi with me doing something a little different than usual because she's actually the global VP of marketing at Amplitude, a leading product analytics software, and was in products before. She was a general partner at Coastal Ventures, a product manager, and the list goes on. So Sandhya, welcome to Seeking Wisdom. Thanks, Maggie. Delighted to be here. So there's so much I want to dig into, especially in product analytics, since you're at the epicenter of that over at Amplitude. But first, I have to ask about your switch to marketing. I honestly haven't seen a ton of people make that leap. And I'd love to hear kind of your journey to Amplitude and why, as part of that, you switched from product into marketing. Yeah. Uh, When I joined Amplitude first, I was already kind of, you know, not your typical product manager, Mm -hmm. but I joined as the lead product manager in Amplitude because I was really passionate about product data science. As an early stage investor, I worked with so many companies that get something right and Mm -hmm. like find kind of luck their way into some product market fit. But the first time that something they ship does not work, they can't understand why. And often they struggle to kind of invest in the right analytical frameworks needed to really understand customers at scale when you go past that kind of early fit where you know you know who your 100 power users are and like they are your compass and now you have too many of them and you don't understand what's changing so I've always mm-hmm. been really passionate about uh, making sure that you have the right kind of data investments made in a company that you can really take advantage of that moment when you find fit and continue to take advantage of it as your customer base changes, as your company changes. So that's what, that's what brought me into Amplitude. And, you know, I worked on a lot of our product. I also started working on building out our product marketing team. And that's when I realized a couple of things. So as a product marketing team, we designed kind of the go-to-market strategy for what we were building. And it was pretty obvious that a lot of our target customers, our buyers, who are essentially product managers, product leaders, people who run digital businesses, they didn't want to be sold the traditional way, you know, and to be honest, like there's so much about traditional marketing right now that no one really enjoys, right? No one wants the kind of clickbait uh, cushioned as content marketing and like random events that are just like thinly veiled sales meetings that don't really add value to your life. There's so much happening in traditional enterprise marketing right now that needs to be disrupted. And I think Drift is also kind of, you know, uh, one of those uh, companies that really sees that. I love a lot of what you are bringing to the marketing world in terms of modernizing it. Yeah, I mean, we're all about making things human and making things real. And, you know, I'm just nodding along with what you're saying because in a past life, I did have to purchase some analytics software. And I remember going through this process and thinking, you know, I've already done all the research. I've done the Googling, you know, just can we just have a chat? you know, face-to-face, one person to one person and actually solve this problem. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so our buyer, you know, is uh, probably at the forefront of like the modern buyer who is really looking for a partner, not like a vendor and a checklist of features, but someone who will help them do their job better. Right. And we wanted to completely transform our marketing team to meet our customers where they wanted us to be, which is how can we help you as opposed to 
how can we collect your email ID and phone number? So right. a very, very different approach to take. So we are building out an extremely product-led marketing team, which uses all of those principles that product managers love, which is very much, you know, what's the job required to be done? Like, what's the job that we need to complete with any investment we are making? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that anything we do actually solves some customer pain and actually addresses like a gap in their workflow that they need to get addressed. And long term, how do we make sure that we keep helping them do their job better with every investment and everything we are doing in marketing? So that has manifested itself in almost like, you know, it has changed how we are executing on marketing strategy, even though the things that we are doing are Uh, essentially look the same, Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of work that goes into it and the value that our customers and prospects get out of it is dramatically different. So we're extremely focused on helping them. Yeah. So it sounds like you're taking like the traditional product stuff and bringing it over to marketing, but then it also kind of sounded like you're, you're staying with the customer longer. Like what are the big differences from traditional marketing into what you're doing outside of just like bringing in the product thinking? Yeah, I think the big important uh, difference is that whenever we look at the goal for a certain marketing investment, right, whether it's a a conference, it's a meetup, it's just like what we are doing with our website, Mm -hmm. we are aligning everything to specifically help our target buyer and our audience be better at their jobs. So for everything we invest in, the question for us is, okay, how does this help this person be a better product manager? How does this help out if, you know, get this person to be a more effective uh, VP of digital, if that's Mm -hmm. what their job is? How does it help them get better? So the actual activities that we perform can look very different. And that also helps us understand, okay, why should this content be gated versus, you know, like, does that actually help our customer to gate this content Right. versus, you know, if you're doing a conference, does it help our customer for this session to be about like how this particular team uses Amplitude versus what is the latest and greatest and like growth product strategy that would help this person accomplish your job better. So a lot of the choices that you make get simplified because of the overarching way you define the goal of Mm -hmm. our marketing team. And us is very product first. So we get out of the way, we make sure that our customers get their hands on the product and effectively become product better product managers while they are interacting with our marketing function, as opposed to having the more traditional marketing metrics and goals, which are very focused on like lead and driving leads. Yeah. So do you not use those traditional MQL, SQL numbers at all? Not quite. It's a transition in progress. So we started doing this about a month or so ago. Okay. Uh, and eventually we want to move away from like all of those traditional definitions to better align it to like what our customers would describe their journey as, which is... Right. Uh, right now, do I feel like I know what my product analytics strategy should be? Do I understand what stack I need to implement? Do I feel like I can u- make the best possible use of all the uh, tools that my team is using? Have I been able to change my team culture? So there is a much better list of qualifications that yeah. your customers would ask if you were asking them, you know, how far along the journey you are. 
And we want to align all of our work to that customer journey. Right. Okay. I want to get into the product analytics in a, in a second, but first I just have to ask, so you're, you're coming in from product into marketing. You're having this more product focused marketing uh, role and team, but how did you get up to speed at least on the original marketing situation in the first place? Like how did you, did you have like a crash course in what marketing was or were you already familiar with that? Like how did you learn that so quickly? Yeah. Great question. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, One of the things that like really gets me really excited and makes me feel fulfilled is having to learn a completely new set of skills and like acquiring knowledge really rapidly about something. And uh, some of that is, of course, just like reading the right books over time. And as an investor, I did want to have enough familiarity with modern marketing that I had built up enough context around like what are companies doing well and not around me. Right. But I think the most useful thing that I invested in was just finding the right advisors mm-hmm. and having the right advisors and mentors who have really done this and can be a good sounding board for you and make sure you don't make obvious mistakes was like the upfront of few months of investment that I made that really helped me out. Okay. Awesome. So you've been in it for a month, you know, now you're sort of full on in this marketing role, product analytics. So like what, what's the secret, you know, you're at the center at Amplitude, you know, what should we all be doing with our, our marketing and our metrics? Uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think the beautiful thing about Amplitude is that though we usually go and work with product teams to enter a company before long, as we are successful in a company, we see that pretty much the whole company has adopted Amplitude. So it goes from like product to the analytics team to uh, marketing, especially growth led marketing. Like people are focused on like full lifecycle ROI of a user acquisition. And then it's, you know, sorry, is that because all of these teams are all of a sudden starting to care about the same metrics or is that because you're, they're putting more different types of data into this, into your platform? I think it's actually a lot the former, the mm-hmm. fact that we have more companies realizing that they have these siloed functions that are suboptimal in terms of how they are operating. Uh, so for example, you know, we had this one, um, we have a really large like Fortune 50 customer where there are about 2,400 people using Amplitude right now. Mm-hmm. And at first it was very much, okay, the PMs need something to understand, you know, what features are working, right? That was like the yep. initial use case that they could imagine that they would use Amplitude for and, you know, very much a core value prop of our platform. And once they started using it, they realized that they had a lot of data and insights that other teams had been dying to access. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they looked at their data set and said, oh, we have this these marketing campaigns that seem to be working really, really well to get new registered users into the platform, mm-hmm. but none of them are converting. So you know, this was data that the marketing team at that point didn't have access to, the, the product team had access to, and they went and quickly did some analysis to realize that all of that traffic was coming from click farms. And they right. were essentially just like sucking millions of dollars <laughs> of marketing budget. Uh by clicking and registering, and then they simply didn't convert. So that kind of insight like kicked off more collaboration where now Amplitude's becoming kind of the source of truth for their entire cloud team. And with that shared source of truth, like really unlocks a huge amount of innovation Mm -hmm. because now we have a lot of different functions that can align on 
what are the priorities and many more people have the ability to pitch ideas that are going to push things to the next level and that's what has surprised them and really surprised us too mm-hmm. like the difference between you know 10 people in a big company really knowing the data and 2000 people in the company knowing the data right. is you have 100x more ideas on the table that are actually good ideas right and people can look at the data to qualify the ideas themselves there's just such amazing democracy of initiative that gets created when you have the shared source of truth that empowers people who you know don't have political clout who don't mm-hmm. who can't like get attention from a vp or something right. but just can genuinely defend the greatness of their idea and get their team excited about it because they all see the same thing yeah so that has been uh, what has really changed amplitude's journey as a company as well which is that we realized that when originally we were thinking of the problem we are solving as just you know product needs more data science there are not enough data scientists in the world and mm-hmm. we kind of solve that problem and what we realized was that we were really you know changing the way businesses could operate and the speed at which they could operate Uh, if they were trying to you know modernize themselves like this was a fundamental investment that they needed right so then how do you you know having been on sort of now both sides of this problem how do you recommend that people go about you know starting this analytics journey and bringing more data into products because i think i've worked at environments where it's you know all the way on one side where you know everything is a test and everything is data driven and there's almost no qualitative research and then you know also i think the bias or the stereotype for super early stage companies is that you know they're like you were saying before you know there's so few customers or so few people they don't really need analytics and data so like how do you think about that and where do you think the sweet spot is and and how can we sort of start to think about this problem yeah that that's a great question i think we you know as a company amplitude does a lot of qualitative research too so when we talk about data it's not to the exclusion of qualitative research at all right uh, but even having great data that everyone can use helps us do better qualitative research so for example when our design and ux team reaches out to customers to talk to them they target customers based on what those customers have already done in the product mm-hmm. so they will say okay look overall like we expected that at least you know x thousand people would actually interact with this new feature that we launched in you know version 1 but we expected these many people to interact mm-hmm. and we released it to like this group and only x percent of them interacted so they can actually target okay how many people do we want to send like ux re- interview a request to from the group that did interact and succeeded versus those who did not interact or mm-hmm. you know interacted but didn't succeed they can actually be super targeted in terms of who they go after and how they frame their qualitative research mm-hmm. and it's really easy to uh, then customize it and say hey we saw that you did a b and c and would love your feedback on like why you did not do d right and the kind of response rates we get for our qualitative research are extremely high because of that because it's not just like a here's a standard survey that you know doesn't actually apply to you mm-hmm. it's very very targeted and based on the behavior that that customer did so i do think that there's a lot of value in that i think if you only have like a thousand customers and you don't 
have the capital to make these investments. Sure, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But I think at the point where you have like an initial idea of what product market fit looks like and what you're trying to measure, like you do need to make this investment because without that, the first time you get into trouble, you're lost. Right. And I imagine you might not even know when you get into trouble because you're not even paying attention to it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think if if you are paying attention just to like traffic Mm -hmm. instead of leading indicators that a lot of your product roadmap is not getting the kind of results that you want from it, like you are going to be in trouble because that takes so much time to turn around. Right. Right. That takes like a year to turn around. So one of the things that we do is we also talk about how you know, making investments in analytics tools is not going to solve the problem, Mm -hmm. right? You have to employ a lot of the best practices that come with it to really take advantage of data the right way. And we invest heavily upfront in that part of our um, solution, just making sure that we have workflows and best practices aligned with our larger customers. So for, for example... Oh yeah, I was just going to ask you, you know, for if someone were to say, okay, all right, I'm convinced, I'm analytics, I've got to do it or do better, you know, how do you tell them to start? Yeah. You know, what are the, how do you approach that problem? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And so, you know, in short, I think the way we approach it is we run uh, workshops around best practices when it comes to the process of like product decision making, starting from like yep. simple things like Uh, goal setting, whether you have the right North Star metric for your entire product organization and what the Mm -hmm. tree of those metrics look like, right? What's each branch is, are you sure that everything you're investing in has some clear quantitative metric at the end that can be measured? Because if not, you're not going to know whether you made the right investment or not. And how does, how do all the smaller projects add up to an overall goal that you're trying to drive? So for instance, even with like fairly large and well-organized companies, we often find that like they have some overall high-level goal that has come down from corporate. And then they have some like four or five projects that they decided a long time ago they are going to do. And there's no connective tissue between those two. It's not clear, you know, what was the hypothesis behind saying we are going to uh, build out this particular notifications feature, say. Uh, versus, you know, your overall goal, which is to increase, uh, you know, month one retention by 20%. Like, what was the hypothesis behind why one would actually drive the other? Right. Uh, so being very, very clear about like what are the goals, what are the hypotheses behind each goals, and then breaking it down into what are the leading indicators that your hypothesis is turning out to be true. And that's where your measurement comes in. If you measure the leading indicators of like future success, you can keep your eye on like whether everything is moving in the right direction or not. Right. So we are working a lot on helping people understand that so that they are measuring the right things and we can help them automatically keep an eye on like whether their leading indicators are actually strong or at risk. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone identify what a leading indicator even is. Because, I, you know, this makes a ton of sense to me. You know, you've got your North Star metric, you have your individual product metrics, you know, you should probably connect them through your hypotheses, like all sounds good. But then how do I know actually that something is a leading indicator or not? Yeah, that's a great question. So I can walk you through kind of how we think about that for Amplitude. 
right? So the uh, way we think about amplitude is very much, we typically land really small, right? We land with a small product team that really needs this and wants like full visibility into customer uh, data and behavior. Uh, And then we end up expanding pretty rapidly into accounts as other teams and other product units kind of see this initial success that one team has had and start coming to us saying, okay, how can we do the same thing? How can we get our data into Amplitude? Which means that even if that process takes, say, 12 months from a revenue perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, the leading indicator for us is uh, how much adoption of our critical workflows are we getting early in a team? Mm-hmm. So one of the leading indicators for us is just number of users per account and like how many accounts do we have where the number of users has crossed a certain threshold mm-hmm. where we know that that means this is really taking off in the company. And right. what we have found is we did like a you know pretty big one-time analysis uh, that gave us like a very clear indication that this early adoption metric was heavily correlated to future growth and revenue. Mm-hmm. And if the product team just used revenue as a metric, we wouldn't be able to make any long-term investments, right? Because it's a lagging metric that only is realized after maybe 12 to 18 months after you have made those high quality investments. So it was super important for us to find the highly correlated leading metric. So what we advise companies to do is really you know, use a lot of like logic and data science to come up with that model for their business, which is, you know, if we invest in X today, like what drives revenue 12 months from now mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that they have sufficient data. They should have about a couple years of data to say, OK, this is all very, very clear right. that these are the leading indicators. And that's the point when you can just double down on, you know, driving those leading indicators and the rest just takes care of itself. Okay. I mean, that's amazing. I think it, I'm just sort of thinking about the different metrics that we're using and how how we can better sort of tie those two things together. So before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you just a couple more questions. I think now that you've been, you've been on both sides of product and marketing, you know, what do you think the role is of the product and marketing teams and how we can work better together? And then another question would be, you know, if you, if you were to go back into products, like what would you bring with you that you've learned now that you're sort of more in a marketing role? Yeah, that, that's that's a great question. And I think at the stage that Amplitude is uh, in right now as a company, mm-hmm. you know, every every six months, the kind of customers we are working with uh, changes a lot, right? So right. Uh, we launched Amplitude as a platform just uh, four years ago, and we started working with uh, pretty small tech startups, social gaming companies. And now we work with the uh, biggest companies in the world in media and retail and e-commerce and a lot of like the largest consumer tech companies. So every six months, the kind of person we works with changes a little. Mm-hmm. So the way that I think I can best represent what is the difference between product and marketing philosophically uh, right mm-hmm. now at Amplitude is that product is like the voice of the end customer. They Mm -hmm. own the problem set that the current customers are trying to solve. And marketing is the voice of the prospect. We are very focused on what does tomorrow's customer look like? What are their pain points? How are they different? And what is it that we need to do to help them get better at their jobs? What do we need to do to create superpowers for them? Mm -hmm. And while it's a small nuance, it's a really important nuance. If you have 
no ownership of the uh, former or the latter, like you are in trouble as a company. Right. And to your second question of like what I would bring back to the product team, I think one of the biggest uh, realizations I have had is the uh, amount of noise when it comes to communication in the in the market. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, the amount of noise that anyone who like largely uh, works online the whole day has to deal with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that our product can do a much better job of is to assume less, right? Assume that not assume that someone who has landed in a particular spot has all the context that you need them to have, but mm-hmm. that they might need to be able to easily like educate themselves on exactly how did I land up here and right. what the hell am I supposed to do next? Yeah. Just being much more thoughtful about like what that customer experience needs to be for novice users. Yeah, I feel that pain all the time, especially because I think it's getting easier and easier to ship faster. And, you know, at, at Drift, we ship all the time and it's something, you know, we focus on constantly, but then it's sort of like, how are we making sure that our customers are coming along with us? And how do we make sure that we're sort of not overwhelming them and we're cutting through the noise and making something that's simple and easy for them to use and not just throwing more products at their face, assuming that they're going to figure it out? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at like the degree of product complexity between mm-hmm. like what we used to use 10 years ago and what we use now, it's just a crazy order of magnitude higher. Right. right? The way we talk about it is we say, look, almost all product managers think about their metrics and their product as a funnel. Like, oh, you go from step one to step two to step three. Uh, but today, like what has what your products have become, it's more like a maze for your customer. Right. And your customers like trying to figure out if I go down this path, will I get to the thing I'm trying to get to? And often they are just like in dead ends and they don't even know exactly like what their destination is in your product. So you have to start thinking about it more as a maze and say, okay, what are the breadcrumbs I can add here so that they know where to go as opposed to, you know, it's a funnel. And obviously the next thing you do is click X. Right. Exactly. Okay. So if you had to give, you know, one to three pieces of advice to the people who are listening, you know, who want to be more data-driven or data-informed and who want to sort of come along on this shift, but may or may not have the control to sort of implement a new analytics software in the snap of their fingers, like what what advice would you give to people who want to operate in this way? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the first big piece of advice is just having alignment as a team on what your goals and hypotheses are. And you know, if especially if you have a leadership team that seems unwilling to invest in data, being able to clarify that will uh, definitely help you drive the conversation for why you want to invest in analytics platforms. Because you can't really be goal-oriented without mm-hmm. having good measurement, right? You only really drive what you can measure well. That would be the biggest thing is make sure that you can have a conversation with your leadership team and ask them, okay, what exactly are our goals? So if you're doing an app redesign, how do we know the app redesign is successful at the end of this app redesign, right? Really having goals for everything. Uh, Number two would be like not sticking with demographics, but really moving to behaviors and talking about customer behavior and using behavior as like the foundation of your product roadmap and your analytics demographics is just that's what people Mm -hmm. used to rely on because they did not have any behavior data so i still see like a lot of people 
leaning heavily right. on surveys and demographic data instead of just using actual behavior like if you you don't need to run a survey to understand if customers uh, like some feature you can just see whether they come back to it right you can be completely fact oriented right so that would be number 2 and number 3 would just be around you know make sure that you are investing in uh, experimentation and iteration um culture because mm-hmm. without that it's impossible to survive today's like fast paced age of product where you know over a weekend like your industry could completely change because someone had an amazing launch of a new uh, platform yeah it's right? so you have to have a very agile approach to decision making and you have to be able to iterate and experiment really really fast yep awesome Well, thank you so much, Sandhya. This was incredible. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and giving us all the secrets on how to be more data driven. Awesome! Thank you so much, Maggie. It was a real joy. So you heard it here. You cannot be goal oriented without measurement. Start to look at behaviors and not just demographics. And you have to invest in experimentation, iteration, or else you're going to fall behind. So shout out Sandhya in the reviews, six stars only, obviously. And let me know what you think at maggie at drift.com or at Maggie Crowley on Twitter. Thanks. Thanks.